It is now nine o'clock. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's nine o'clock, and it, the as, hour as, has arrived. As much as I want to just keep dishing on uh, Joe Rogan, his experience, his <laughs> MMA life, and what a badass fighter and fear factor <laughs> host he is, I feel like we need to actually jump in to the to the actual episode. Stefan. Yes, Hugh. Oh my God, Stefan! I am beyond excited. I know I always say I'm excited about this episode. I say I'm excited about this episode, excited about this episode. I'm beyond excited because this is actually oh one of the few recaps uh, that we've done, a follow-up that we've done involving a guest. And <laughs> it's live. And it's live. Holy shit, it's live. Oh my God. Okay. You're listening to the Can't Sell This Podcast with your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. So we can't. Stefan just couldn't bear to have not hung out with me. That's yeah, that's true. what it was. That's, that's <laughs> what it was. He heard the episode on the podcast that you and I did at uh, mm. Supersonics, which was so much fun. It was. It was. It was a ton of fun. And I'm uh, like, I, I still, I'm still going. Like, okay, there's someone as nerdy as I am, who's as into <laughs> the villain experience as I am. And, and Ooh, the villain experience, I enjoy that. I just think that I, I think that we we don't we don't take into account the villain and and what they what they represent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. Well, you obviously do. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yeah, when I heard the episode, I was like, "Oh man, I could have had so much fun in that conversation." And here we are, because of it. Yeah. And here I am, trapped in my house, just like all of us. (laughs) Bored, senseless. Ready to do this very cool thing. Yeah. Okay. So, go ahead, Stefan. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it it is weird with everyone doing their like. I'm gonna keep doing my late night talk show from home, or I'm gonna start a new late night talk show from home, and we're just (laughs) getting glimpses into people's homes. And I just yeah, absolutely weird. Yeah. It's so weird and cool. Um, I'm going to just quickly share with you my one of my least favorite genres of writing that has sort of like exploded recently. And I swear to God, this is not a call out for any one human in particular. It's the whole, whole genre because I've seen 500 of these pieces that's like how to be oh. more professional in your Zoom meeting oh slash your, in your like work from home <laughs> environment. And they all say things like put pants on yeah. <laughs> and... Don't you dare under any circumstances allow your cats and or children and or partner to be like seen in the background and like have this like clean professional space. It's like, listen, first of all, I have freelanced for a very long time Mm -hmm. and for sure like this is a much more extreme version. I have not worn pants since the year of our Lord 2010 in a meeting. Like it's there, and so no, no plague is going to now suddenly force me to like give up my executive sweatpants. It's not going to happen. Also, like let somebody be comfortable. Yeah. Like just, just please get out of people's lives. Like we're we're all struggling. Like just let me wear my jammy bottoms and uh, that you will never see or know of in this work meeting. Um, the other thing is that like in every meeting I have ever been in, if a pet appears, I am overjoyed. Like all, yeah. all I want is to see your pets and into your weird house. Like that's that those are the greatest <laughs> great joys in, yeah. in my dumb life right now. Also, I have like a, a 14 year old, oh God, even older, um, 15-year-old old lady cat uh, who's moved into the office because she's so sick of us being home all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's just, she does not understand why we won't leave her alone. Like, she's just furious. Uh, so she's moved into my office upstairs for some peace and goddamn quiet once in a while. Um, so now when I when I come in here, she's actually downstairs with my partner. Because when I'm in my office, if I'm talking and in a meeting, she screams at me the entire time. <laughs> 
She's just like, <laughs> yeah. she's, she sounds like, like a, like a, like a frog cross with a bingo lady. There just was, this, you know, like, there were, there were this things. ancient, like, throaty, gargly cat yeah. scream. I think when all of this started, uh, when all this started, the, the thing that bothered me were freelancers who said, let me write a, a treatise on how to work from home. Like they had the answers. No, you can work. You no, know how no, to work from no, home when you can go out whenever you want. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, right? Yeah, it's a it, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. And like again, having freelanced for a very long time, off and on, um, more on than off, and and this is a different thing. Mm. Like this is this is not it is not in any way comparable. Um, because even when I was freelancing, like I could meet a client. Yep. You know, I could go, go on site. I could go. Yeah, it's a, it's it's just different, and not being able to do those things ever at all, um, and also just the, you know, and this is a, another conversation, but the sheer psychological weight of, oh yeah, you know, the earth mm-hmm. uh, is is very very real. So um, I think you know the the best thing we can do with ourselves and each other is be as as gentle and kind yeah. as humanly possible. <laughs> That's true. Which all comes back to uh, I'm not going to wear pants. No. For I'm wearing pants. you or anyone. I will, admit, so. <laughs> I will admit right now I'm wearing pants. I showered shortly before coming on. I put oh, on this I put well, on like my, my say, Hawaiian shirt and I'm putting I put no, pants it's very on. Good. So No when I when I say no pants, like I obviously oh, I, I have very fancy sweatpants. If it's a you know nice like thing a more is, upscale is occasion, I have a, a lot of tights. I mean like slacks. Like do you oh, know what yeah, I mean? Like sure. something yeah, with trousers. like a button <laughs> that d- that fastens in some way my wife my wife structure. earlier said the dog's got your belt and i'm like a belt a what <laughs> like my elasticated waist that name in years my elasticized waist is not problematic with that there's no mm. problem with you take that belt i yelled at the dog and he's like he's a puppy he's like you yeah. get away and he runs under the chair with the belt and i'm like go ahead man it's fine you, know, you can have it it's fine um yeah I, so I'll, i'll admit i'm wearing uh pretty boring black comfy pants but mm, i have been <laughs> browsing online and looking at like what kind of completely ridiculous fluorescent animal print oh, like yeah cartoon it, word balloon pants can i find that i can wear that no one will ever see so I'm very have, like, pleased to tell you that uh, comfy pant technology has advanced to truly spectacular oh, yeah. levels. All right, Natalie. So I think maybe one of the things we should do first is some people may not have listened to the first episode. I think it's crazy if they haven't. <laughs> but do you want to give <laughs> How me like dare a, a, a four-sentence breakdown of Hench? Sure. Uh, hench is about um, the people who work for soup supervillains uh the often sort of like overlooked and downtrodden and uh and frequently cast aside employees um that we often see uh you know sort of either in the background or wearing a funny outfit or um you know getting destroyed by superheroes in one form or another more specifically it's about uh anna who um does a, a lot of uh boring jobs for terrible people um, until a run-in with a superhero uh, leaves her quite badly injured and um, kind of uh, having to, to deal with some of the, the even less pleasant aspect, um, you know, of, of a world where uh, some people are just considered disposable. Um, it's it's also uh, allegedly about um, you know millennial office politics and mm. uh, and authority and how authority is pretty fucked up and it features a pretty profound misunderstanding of quantum mechanics here and there. Um, yeah, it's uh, and it's it sort of is my uh, my reaction to um, a lot of years watching a lot of superhero movies mm. and reading a lot of comic books and um, and being exposed to all other forms of media and seeing uh, you know all of these people um, just sort of being thrown at superheroes like cannon fodder um, when you're constantly seeing you know uh, characters who have literal super strength or other extreme superpowers um, using that on mere mortals uh, and how uh, and, and sort of sitting with a really profound discomfort about how normalized that is and how we don't think about it very much um, and out of those feelings this book emerged 
So, um, I'm I'm hazarding a guess here, but I, I feel like this is something that's been brewing for you long before the the rise of the the superhero blockbuster film. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like I I wrote uh, I wrote the first words of Hanshin 2013 um, at a, uh, a actually a, a video game jam. Uh, a, I'm I'm a member of a um, a video game uh, collective uh, slash organization in uh, Dames Making Games. Um, based in Toronto and uh, I was you know participating in a game jam and in sort of a break in the work I started to do some other work and I I wrote the first um, couple of chapters of what would become Hinch Um, but I wrote uh, a collection of love poems to supervillains called Doom back in uh, that was you know published in in, uh, like 2013 Uh, so there's uh, or twenty there was published in 2012 2013. Mm. Um, so this is that I I started writing years before. So there's a this is definitely not a new, um, not a new series of ideas and not a new series of uh, character obsessions that I've been um, sort of turning over in my head for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that, uh, if if I'm guessing correctly, because mm-hmm. I think we're kind of like minded on this. Uh, you know, I grew up reading comic books. Um, and you know, if you went back in time and told me at age 12 that, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe would end up being what it is, you know, when, when I remember the only Marvel movie at the time was a very terrible Captain America. Um, and then I remember when Marvel announced the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren and I was like, Whoa, blockbuster. (laughs) Anyway, but, um. Uh, yeah, no, I I didn't know the word nerds were gonna win. Yeah, when I was you know like a kid and a teenager. The nerds won. We won. I don't. I you know it's I uh, I had my like the nerds won moment, um, and I know this moment is like different for a lot of other people, but it was actually watching Lord of the Rings uh, when like the the Fellowship of the Ring came out um, like a very long time ago now, and being in the theater and you know experiencing this incredibly vast cinematic creation that was kind of like unprecedented in its its scope and scale um and just sort of feeling like this it's happened like if this nerdy ass tolkien epic story like was able to you know cost this much money to make and then become the biggest movies in the world like you know we won Mm mm-hmm it's wild. Yeah, and I mean, I, I see it every day now in even the rise of video games and esports, like mm-hmm. trying to explain to people about, um, you know, why, why esports matter. Um, so uh, one of the things that Hugh and I talked about in the last episode was that I'm back at Ryerson. I'm taking my master's and part of my uh, my master's. Oh, my condolences. Class, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but I'm focusing on on esports and curriculum, and uh, it's been very oh, interesting because um, that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, trying to explain to you know the 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 board members at Ryerson who don't play video games, you know why this is big, mm-hmm. and and trying to use. Um, you know, like analogies to to sports, you know, and saying, you know, mm-hmm. you know in the States right now, there's um, students in high schools who go to open houses for, for colleges and universities and ask, what is your esports facility like? Who's your coach? What's your team doing? And when, yeah. they, when they answer, we don't have any of that, people just walk out. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and, I, and I say, it, it's akin to saying Ryerson's no longer going to have a football team. So what would happen, <laughs> you know? So it's the same thing. But anyways, um, what I want to what so I want to, to talk about um, he, coming back to Hench mm-hmm. uh, is so it's taking this lens, uh, this non-traditional lens to to the superhero story. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. And I think that Hench is just dropping it at exactly the right time for, you know, what arguably started with Lord of the Rings as the sort of whoops as the mainstreamization of nerd culture you know where it's not just legitimized but it's now the predominant force at the box office right right which i think 
which I think means it's very important to start critiquing those ideas, yes. um, right? And and the you know that that kind of can't happen um, soon enough. You know, I I uh, I have um, this is this is sort of happening in like comics, obviously, like. Mm-hmm long before um you know you see it in like uh miracle man and you see it in like watchmen in particular um that sort of like uh the you know you see comics starting to explore those ideas of like is uh are heroes actually good and would heroes actually be good um you know at at which so it's it's not a new idea in comics mm. necessarily. Um, it sort of is is always been present there. But um, I think that when it comes to that sort of like mainstream lens, when again you have like uh, I think you're totally right, and you know you have like the um, the culmination of the um, you know all the Avengers films and all of the associated properties kind of coming together, and that you know huge cinematic and huge narrative event. Um, I think pretty is still pretty fresh in a lot of people's minds um, that that uh, primary narrative is still, when you're talking about the collective consciousness, sort of what is, um, what's at the heart of that is still that like, there are, you know, Captain America is a good man. And also like, I'm not actually trying to diss Captain America right now. I'll probably do that later, but um, like that there's, that there's this sort of like, accepted idea that you know even if heroes struggle or even if they have flaws that they are ultimately you know in the co- mm-hmm. that their hearts are in the right place and that that sort of is like the baseline um and so i think that with those kinds of ideas and with those stories so fresh in mind um and so sort of like on the the tip of everyone's mental tongue um being able to start turning a critical lens to that or, or and, and certainly start exploring other narratives that would be happening like alongside that um, is really important. And uh, because this is, you know, just the sort of person I am, uh, my mind goes to casualties a lot. Like I um, yes. like I watch all of those movies and I look at all of the peoples whose homes and businesses are being destroyed, you know, how many cars um, are wrecked in every chase scene, how many, you know, literal bodies end up getting like thrown into a pile, like what, what are the costs of these things? Um, Because they, they can be calculated. uh, And the costs are astronomical. And it's something that like, you know, we, um, like, obviously, like, I think that uh, blow up all the things in movies, like, please, I, I definitely don't. I'm one of those people that doesn't super want to see a movie if there's not, like, ghosts, explosions, giant robot. It, like, those are sort of the, the reasons I want to see yeah, film. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that, but, uh, but it is also important to um, consider that there are consequences to those kinds of actions. And, uh, you know, that it, any superhero who is sort of willing to just sort of leave this swath of destruction mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. wake and not question that... Um, can't be as good as they are perceived to be yeah um and i find we're starting to see some of that in media now as well too and it could Mm -hmm. be sort of a sign of you know people trying to find those different narratives because there is potentially some kind of burnout of the traditional superhero story we've seen it time and again especially with Mm spider-man um but you know we have uh, the boys, we have the tick, mm-hmm. so two very different takes on alternate uh, perspectives on superheroes. And I, I've agree. been a fan of the boys for a very oh, yeah. long time, like since it was a comic. It's yep. extraordinary. And I feel that, uh, like you sort of brought it up again, this idea that this has already been explored in comics because it, the comic book narratives have been around for so long, and they don't take a two-year break; they just keep going. Mm-hmm. So eventually you get to the point where people want something new and different. And and I think we've seen those cycles in comics. Like we went from uh, over the top uh, machismo action in the 90s to having, uh, you know, like, and the ongoing uh, sort of indie scene of, of uh, if we're staying with superheroes, but like the Alan Moore stuff that you, you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we, we, got, we got back into sort of like the James Robinson stuff, which was going back to golden age and, and trying to like get away from the gritty and go back to let's, let's go back to telling these superhero stories, but let's, let's 
shift focus back to a more adventurous, simpler time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and which then is, it, which I'm not particularly interested in. Right. <laughs> my, you know, at, at least myself. And, and I, I understand the, the sort of importance of the rhythm of those narrative cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it wasn't just a matter of telling alternative narratives in the form of like, okay, we've heard from the, heroes let's hear from the villains uh because i think that you know we've seen that cycle happen repeatedly and like as you know there's various grim dark reboots of things and you know like anti-heroes sort of like are a very important part of our um our concept of what superheroism is and what these sort of stories are um we're still not seeing a lot of stories uh from the perspective of um ordinary people Mm -hmm. by which i mean um people who aren't uh who are typically who typically don't occupy the position of like super heroic protagonists because even a lot of the villains are still like heroic in their own way um or are you know whether they're sort of the protagonist or the antagonist or what position they occupy in any one particular narrative um you know, there's still that like main characterness of them. It's like this is an extremely, um, and it all comes down to power, right? These are extremely powerful people, whether that means mm-hmm. literally with powers, as in superpowers, whether that means other kinds of power um, as it exists in the world. Um, when it comes to people who have less power, and whether that means, again, like a lack of superpower or just sort of a, 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 a difference in influence, um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's really important that those narratives get told, too, because they are, um, I think, just as interesting mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and just as worthy of exploration and just as varied and, you know, um, and, and just as... Uh, just as deep as mm-hmm. any story that might sort of be told um, about, you know, Superman. Yeah. Someone who might as well be a god who yeah. doesn't necessarily have to worry about consequences the same way that most people do. And I think that that's the word that I, re- I really uh, drew me into what what your last conversation with Hugh was, was this idea of consequences. Because we, that's something that's v- almost always sort of just skimmed over when it comes to to superhero stories and and not just Mm -hmm. in the you know the very um visceral idea of of body count or of of public destruction but Mm -hmm. um like for instance one of the things that i was i've always been really interested in um with consequences in superheroes is the consequences to their personal uh, and private lives Mm -hmm. right um i mean if you have someone who is has like a secret identity during the day and then goes out at night fights crime you know can they have a marriage can they start a family if they do what does that mean do they keep secrets from their family um and so that was something or even like there was a story a friend of mine and i once brainstormed about a superhero who is caught uh in an act of infidelity and loses his family and then has to deal with the fact that, you know, like it was all about these personal things, like trying to, Mm -hmm. to now raise a a daughter while not being uh, the only, like, like there's a, there's a family dynamic. Right now you're a solo parent. Yeah, 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 totally. But still wanting Um, to fight crime and. Or just has, has, has consequences in their personal lives. Like, I think that, I think these are like really, really important questions in a couple different ways. Um, so, uh, first of all, um, I think that the way you have seen those consequences play out traditionally, because we, we, I think a lot of superhero narratives have tried to do this, um, and they've unfortunately uh, too often resorted to, um, if I say like a character has been fridged, does that mean anything to you? Um, yeah, so yep. this is a, this <laughs> no, is, but I want to Yeah, know. this is a, a, a Not phrase. Not to me. Can you, can you explain it, though? <laughs> sure. This is a phrase I that, I, that Gail Simone um, coined uh, quite a while ago. Um, it's uh, women in refrigerators is sort of the, like, the short version of that. But basically, it is the, the phenomenon in comics and in a lot of storytelling to sort of further okay. along um, a hero's 
usually a uh, male hero's story um, via killing their wife and or girlfriend um, who may be an ordinary mortal or if they are super powered, um, often removing their powers from them and having this sort of, right. you know, either violence or tragedy or some combination thereof um, happening to a woman be sort of uh, used only as a like jumping off point um, for another character's right. story, uh, which is a really, um, you know, kind of lazy piece of storytelling um and it's it's something that has happened really often to the to the point of being um like cliche and boring and also problematic in a whole bunch of different ways um so i i think that like there's real danger in uh in like that uh or at least that there you have to explore those kinds of themes pretty carefully or like with with a pretty um like a pretty careful sense of awareness because you don't want to simply be telling, um, you know, like you, I I never want like my characters, like a a character's tragedy um, to only be like, well, these bad things happen to other people. Right. That they're that like my, you know, I'm, I'm very tired of movies that begin with like, um, you know, the their wife is already dead somewhere over here off screen and again like this is not a specific like (laughs) call out or diss toward any like film and or other property but it's just like every video game in the world is like your your wife is already dead uh or your family is already dead or whatever there's that's not even like you know they don't even get a chance to be a character they're already in the ground Mm -hmm. um and the only reason they're put there is to like start this hero's character like journey or in some way make them interesting or whatever so and and i think that like those people like i'm much more interested in like the life of that unpowered person who makes the terrible decision to like date a superhero than i am about like how the superhero feels about like the vulnerability of their partner unless that's being explored in a like interesting way and isn't just about the like mortification of that body in order to like Mm -hmm. push someone else's plot further along um that sort of is like where where that um where that really like where that falls for me so i think that I, i think that like consequences are very important but who those consequences happen to is also very important um and when you have superheroes who are just sort of are like untouched by their own bullshit all of the time Mm. um and it's the people around them who kind of take the brunt of that um then uh, then you know that requires some like self-examination or sense of culpability like if if you're causing all the people around you um to suffer and be miserable and be placed in you know constant danger just by sheer proximity um you know there's there's probably something wrong there and it at least warrants a very careful examination but again i'm i feel like i'm um i'm a bit less interested in how like you know, superheroes feel about the tragedy of other people having been hurt for their sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm much more interested in kind of starting yeah. to um, shine the light on or, or narratively explore um, the stories of people who have traditionally borne that damage and sort of what, right. how they are um, very interesting characters in their own right, or certainly have the potential to be. Well, it sort of, it, it sort of reminds me of, um, Hancock. Do you remember Hancock? Mm-hmm, I do. And how um, and and how Charlie's Theron is is like a similarly powered, if not better powered, more powerful superhero than Hancock. Mm-hmm. And she has this whole like through the ages when we're when we're together, we you know we get weaker and weaker, but when we're apart, we're stronger. And uh, and I and how she paired herself off with Jason Bateman, and he's totally unaware. Like she manages yeah. to play off the. Yeah, you know, you're probably gonna, you know, like I'm super, and but she, oh, I'm too weak to open a jar. It's just, it's like I, it's, it's Hancock is one of secretly one of my favorite superhero movies because it totally bends the whole genre on its head, you know. I think I think turns that, the whole um, genre on its I head. have a, I haven't seen Hancock in a very long time, and I probably have to revisit it. But I think that there's a there's a couple interesting things going on there, um, and and one of them is like 
it does kind of uh, it inverts that traditional gender dynamic, right? Where there's, you know, mm. where the most vulnerable person is like the boyfriend of, you know, a superhero. There's, al- right. there's also that, um, was it like my super ex-girlfriend? It's like ordinary dude and now they have like a psycho ex who's trying to murder them. But super that psycho ex is a hero. Super like. Um, I don't know if that's, I feel like that's what it's called, but I might, I might be. Oh my God, you're right. It is. Yeah. Hold on. It is. So both of these are interesting stories, uh, for sure. And in that they're inverting a couple of things, but. Luma Thurman. Yeah. But they are innately positioned to be funny because isn't it funny that a man is vulnerable? Mm. And that that is right. sort of positioned in a, like, uh, and I'm, I'm definitely not trying to, like, you know, shit on something because you said you like it, Hugh, for, like, far from it. Because I do <laughs> no, think I it's very care. interesting. But I, I think That's that there's, okay. like, that looking at that is very important. It's like, you know, there's, that it's, uh, you know, that, that placing that, like, that particular person in that kind of a vulnerable position is an innately comical or at least is positioned as like an innately comical situation, right? Like it's the, it's the boyfriend being 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 the, be, in the position of a vulnerability, yeah, and in so, you know, in oh, sure. sort of one that uh, instead of you know, like a uh, like the sort of like traditional superhero's girlfriend who's like kidnapped four times a week or whatever, you know, that 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 it sort of is like there. There's both the inversion and also the sort of like, hmm, but why is this? Why is it suddenly funny in in mm. this context? And like, arguably, like right, I kind right. of think of my crazy uh, or my super ex girlfriend is like horrifying. Like as a like, I, I think oh, yeah. it's secretly like a, a horror movie. Um, like I have a lot of emotions about it that way because like. I haven't seen. I honestly haven't seen that movie in a long time. Like I remember watching it once and going, mm, yeah, I don't need I to have, ever watch that I have, again. It's not like a good film but the the premise is like innately but it's also very interesting and and the premise is like innately horrifying in but it right. but it thinks it's a comedy and mm-hmm. so i think that there's there's just like a lot of interesting things happening there. well because it's look how psycho she is you know mm-hmm. like that's the, the the whole premise of this of the crazy ex-girlfriend thing is or super ex-girlfriend thing is is just like look how psycho she is and and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, so, it's, it's that, you know. but yeah, but it's but it's also again like, and look how vulnerable he is. Mm-hmm. Ha ha! Isn't that funny? A thing that would never happen in real life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use mm-hmm. an example mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. come from superheroes, but uh, it's it's oh, one of my favorite cinematic moments of all time, and it really surprised me when it happened. And it's from the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I love that movie okay. so much. Okay. Oh my god! Okay. I have I watched that movie seven hundred yeah, times. So yes. It, it, it is spoiler alert. But when <laughs> when when uh, Jason Siegel has his confrontation with with uh, Kristen Bell, who plays Sarah Marshall, and they they've broken up, and he like the whole thing is that she has been vilified this entire movie, and then when they right. have their confrontation, and she's like, "I tried, I tried really hard to keep us together, and like it just wasn't working." He doesn't. He never saw it. Yeah. So she goes from being this like villain, like very two dimensional, crazy ex girlfriend to being this like caring individual who tried, mm-hmm. but failed and knew that and then just got out of it. And um, it it was the most real <laughs> relationship I'd seen in a movie in in forever. I, I and, love the relationships in that mm-hmm. movie a lot, and and how every single character is complicated. Literally mm-hmm. every single character. I love the um, the flashbacks to their relationship as well, and like some of them, and just depending on like what the character's mood is at that particular time, like they're either like remembering the most annoying things that this person ever did to me, or like how great the relationship is and how they could ever have let this get away. What you know, sort of whatever is the like emotional tone of that moment really defines their memory, right? And so, and right. in that way, you kind of see this very very portrayal of uh of all of these people mm-hmm. um yeah i i love i love that stupid movie i gotta watch that movie again so now i'm like oh my so god funny russell brand is the is the is the male he plays aldis, that, Slo- like, steals. He plays aldis, aldis snow <laughs> aldis snow the rock star 
There's something about yeah. there's something about oh Russell God. Brand that always tickles me. I just I love that guy like he so was, much. I think Aldous Snow is the original himbo. Like before we had that word, like no, there, no, there was no. there's, yeah, there was there oh, was Aldous Hank Snow. Azaria is in a movie with uh, Hank Azaria is in a movie with uh, Ben Stiller. And he is 100%. He's the himbo. He's earlier himbo Early than, and earlier. <laughs> than this eldest. Uh, along came Polly. Along came Polly. Oh. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just looking it up because I'm like, I got to find this. Because he's also in Mystery Men with. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mystery, Mystery Men is, ex- is extremely important as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Mystery Men is in, like, just the, the whole thing with uh, Danny Trejo or, not Danny Trejo, but the. Uh, oh, the guy who who does the the riddles where it's like not riddlers but the like sphinx. the yes. sphinx it's, um, oh, yes. he's very mysterious he's from he's from so much you know i got to look it up it's i'm going to look tip it up of my tongue mystery man it's okay it's all right we'll find it this is why the internet exists <laughs> this is this is the best part about having that chat open is that i can just throw it in I don't remember when he's like, "What? Why am I wearing these watermelons on my feet?" I don't remember asking you to do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, like that's. Oh my god! I just gotta look it up. So Sphinx, here he is. Wes Studi. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, he's amazing. As soon as you said Danny Trejo, that's the only word, the name that that stuck in my head. I hate that I said that, but it is like. <laughs> I hate it. I was just like my son came up. He's like, "Do you know that Danny Trejo is playing? Uh, Trejo is playing um, Animal Crossing." <laughs> So that was that was very fresh I in my you head. I thought you were going to mention a role. No, he's playing Animal Crossing, and he like he meant he did it on Instagram, saying like, yeah, "Hey, by yeah. the way, you know, this is my code to be my friend." Code. Just, but just Crossing. my brain was. Uh, did you know that Danny Trejo was playing Animal? And I thought that that's where it was going to end. And I was like, "They're doing oh, a cross, live um, action Muppets." Day right, no, I see. Animal. I see what you did there. I see. I see how that happened. Uh, I have <laughs> oh been playing. Gosh. I realize this is a bit of a tangent, but uh, I have been playing so much Animal Crossing. We're so into tangents. So in this much, place. so much Animal Crossing. I I have had a five star island for like two weeks now. My I don't know what that my, means. I'm not playing it at all. Uh, so. It's very good. <laughs> A five-star you. island. Yeah. Everybody that comes no, is uh, so yeah, blown away. The, it's the highest rank one can achieve in, in their island writing. So Congrats. feel very thank mm. you very much. It's really Our come along. Our podcast is only four point yeah. three. So <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I don't even know. That's a fucking joke. I have no idea. <laughs> can I talk about another movie? Actually, and I don't mean to just drag us back into, into superheroes, but. Uh, did either of you see Brightburn? I haven't watched it yet. No. It's like a superhero. It's like if Superman didn't mm. buy into what his parents taught him. So like, it's it's super dark. It's it, super dark. It's dark. It's it's essentially like a superhero oh. horror movie. I have um, not seen this, and I'm is, very if you surprised. Li- it's by the by Gun that. Brothers. So like, if you like, um, if you, I mean, if you like horror. I do. This is kind of that you'll you should like it. I want to hope you'll like it. I I, I want to hear if you watch okay. it and, and and dig it because because I, I watched I've watched it once. This is one of those situations where I watched a movie once and thought, whew, that's a lot. You know, yeah. like every every death is appropriate to the thing, and you know, it's just like super. It, yeah, you gotta watch okay. it if you, if you can. I, w- I would watch it. It's it's. Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm definitely yeah. uh, into horror. Oh great! Yeah. Okay, then you'll enjoy it because you like superheroes, and do. it does have that whole question of if if the if if they decide if they discover that they don't need to give a shit about other human beings, what is, what does that mean? You so know? well, I, I to to sort of um, like. One of the things <laughs> that, like, uh, I care. <laughs> one of the things that uh, you know that sort of comes around in, in the book quite a bit is that like superheroes are actually horrifying, mm. and something that's terrible people, yeah, and, and, terrible and that's come up quite a bit is that like uh, and um, you know uh, quite a few people have pointed out the the amount of body horror that I've I've put in the book, um, and there's there's oh. quite a bit of it in there, um, because the, like, what happens to, like, your normal human squishy body when it interacts with a, you know, super heroic, potentially invulnerable body is, if you think about it for, like, any length of time, 
extremely upsetting <laughs> you know and and it's it's uh once you start like looking at superhero narratives um through that kind of lens mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to to unsee like it's really hard to kind of unsee the like the like visceral um yeah that, that like very uh like blood and guts kind of horror that that comes from those moments yeah. of collision right where you have you know like like uh, something that is very fragile and something that is very not like when when yep. those things interact with each other and one of those things uh is a human body like a, a lot of very bad things happen so um so i think that there's a there's a lot of um like horror potential that that certainly already exists in superhero narratives but could certainly be explored a heck of a lot more yeah it's it, it, it it's interesting because um i read a, a a tweet or something where somebody had said like when you think about the amount of punches that spider-man has pulled mm -hmm. versus like actually going like he can lift a car like yep. he punches a human being and just sort of it's like he goes Bunk. you know what i mean yeah. like as opposed to actually punching him because he punches mm -hmm. super beings as well yeah. and they get knocked back so right. like, and like how when do someone you actually calibrate hits... that right like there yeah. is there was there certainly was like a process by which like he had to learn what like how hard like he, he had to hit murder somebody, somebody yeah, yeah. straight up punch them well, like just went bonk and went straight through them and went oh shit right, absolutely like there's no way webbing that didn't up happen. in the ceiling and into the drywall spider-man the, the gwen stacy story you know 1960s mm -hmm. where he like saves her by by spinning the web and catching her from falling off the bridge but her neck snaps right mm -hmm. i thought like i mean that was so far ahead of its time because it, it mm -hmm. again it looked at consequences to super heroics quiet you yeah. know like it's such a it's such a like it's such a like big dramatic like motion right like attempting yeah. to you know the sort of like webbing down to like catch your falling girlfriend like there's there's something the big bigness of that gesture combined with like the extremely i love that panel mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. that that particular panel with like the very small sound effect of the snap of her neck is just and that's in, at, at which point everything changes is a really and, amazing piece of storytelling and an amazing spider-man too that's what happens is he he does the the zip line and she just bonks her head on the on the floor mm -hmm. and that's the end mm -hmm. of it you know what i mean and it's a super like you know like that's kind of all you hear and 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 she's dead mm -hmm. you know yeah like and, that, and that's to echo back to that that thing from the 60s um is it yeah. the panel? Yeah. The panel of her breaking her neck? Oh, mm. see, it's, it's amazing. Look at her head. Oh, my it's God. So the second so part beautiful. of that panel. Oh, spider powers. I love you. And oh, my God, you're dead. Yeah. 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 It's so good. That's the worst. Um, so hold on a second. I do have, and it, it was one of those things that you'd said was you got a starred review in Publishers Weekly. Yeah, that's hold still on. a completely uh, bananas to thing to say but and uh, when was that what was that recently that was very recently um that was just not i think not last weekend the weekend before so um oh, less less than two well, less than two weeks ago but uh yeah it's um so i this was the first like big review of the book to come out it's not the the book isn't out yet um hedge, hedge does not appear in the wild until so september upsetting. 22nd so um but this was uh you know based on a based on an arc so like a an, an advanced copy um before mm -hmm. the before the interior is fully final um and uh and the fact that i didn't i didn't necessarily think i would get a review in publishers weekly i thought i would be very lucky to get one um right in fact like i i i was not a thing I was counting on. So to have even gotten one and for it to be a starred review is really extraordinary uh, and is something that still is boggling my mind and that I haven't fully accepted as real just yet. So uh, I'll be honest with you, like the whole process uh, in the past. Uh, now, I mean, we, we I interviewed you what in this oh, early late winter. Yeah, it was so very, like January, yeah, yeah, February something kind like of that. thing. Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, it was. It that's had to, only a couple of months ago. I think it was that's December. That's only a couple months ago. It may have even been December because it was before I went to visit my I brother in Germany, uh, which I did at the oh, end yeah? of January. Okay. 
Um, it was before that. I can look it up. It's okay. Because, I can look this yeah, up. Yeah, because when I got back, everything had already, you know, gone to shit. So. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's it, like, yeah. It, oh, here we go. It was January 23rd. Okay, so just before I left. Like je- like a couple yeah, days before that's I why, left. Okay. That's why you remember it the way you yeah, remember yeah. it. So it's, it's funny, like, I don't, uh, yeah. I, everything about it is, it's like a story, storybook kind of thing for me. It's, it feels that way for me too. Local I, kid made good. Oh my God. Or very bad, depending <laughs> on your perspective on it. But uh, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, it's, it's for sure like a, a, a pretty bananas thing, um, you know, that, that's at every possible turn. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon that the review happened. Um, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super happy that, uh, you know, again, all the, all the early responses have been really positive, whether that's just like, you know, um, somebody who has gotten an, an advanced copy saying that they really enjoyed it on social media or, um, or, you know, um, uh, uh, Shauna McGuire, who's a, uh, a writer I admire a great deal, um, t- uh, tweeted a lovely thread about how much she enjoyed it. Um, and that, that's still like, I kind of startles me with how like wonderful and warm and, and how much she, um, absorbed from it and how much she really appreciated what I was trying to do. Uh, it right. kind of gives me an emotion. So the fact that like, um, that it is being enjoyed is like really is an extraordinary feeling. Um, I, <laughs> I, I wanted like, like when, when the book was sort of uh, not yet sold and, um, and my partner and I were discussing like dream scenarios and it's like if, if I got to pick where it goes, which I don't, uh, I, I ended up having more choice than I thought I would. But, if, you know, if, if, I, if I, what is my ideal outcome to this situation? Like if the book does sell. Right. Um, you know, I, I really wanted it to go where it would be read by the most people. You know, like at the end of the day. For sure. It wasn't about like, um, you know, like, like anything else, but I want this to get in front of the most people who might enjoy it. You know, I want it to connect with the, not just like a wide audience, but a wide audience who might think it's fun and might have a really good time with it and might, you know, like in, enjoy the reading process. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and have it be like, like, a book that somebody dug, you know, so that, um, so the fact that, uh, now people, even though it's, it's a long way from being out in the world, um, people are starting to enjoy it is already an extraordinary feeling. Right. We, um, in our, in our episode, just, just for the record, nobody has collected on the giveaway of mm, your book. Yes, that's right. And there's it, a, there's a that, giveaway. There was a giveaway. I'm not giving anybody on, any the, on the episode between you and I, mm-hmm. there was an episode there was a giveaway then. No one has has taken advantage of any of the giveaways. Wow. So I, I I feel like there's there's one person that's gonna be like, I'm gonna take advantage of all that shit and just get myself a bunch of yeah, books. just like you know, listen I, to literally every episode and send you your answers and get like a crap I went ton into of books a, I went into house. a giveaway frenzy. I went into a giveaway frenzy. There's a there's a 3D print of the moon. That's from so ben cool. Feist episode. There's a there's a, a copy of. Um, I want to say sister of mine. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> from Laura Petru, Lori Petru, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then a copy of your book. And I, I honestly, I'm like, I haven't bought. Obviously, I haven't bought it because I'm like waiting for someone to, to collect. But I'm very excited about your oh, book. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited for you specifically, both to read it. Oh, oh! When it actually comes out, can we? We're gonna do another one where. Yeah, absolutely. Book book club of. Oh of your God. book like the book club of hench <gasps> can we get oh we need to get a bunch of people to do a book club of hench like listen let's do a like 12 15 people you. and do a live <laughs> book club of hench oh god does that not sound that sounds like the I, best I can't thing tell i've ever if that sounds like the of. best thing i've ever heard or if i will like 
if it's one of those You're things not where like I can't That's get problem. it, yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't know no, 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 I, I wouldn't like, <laughs> like I'd have, to, I don't know if I could watch it, like either live or otherwise. It would be one of those things where I would like so. tell Jairus to watch it for me and tell me if it was okay. Like <laughs> it's like a like a University of Michigan. Exactly. Like I just for, like the emails I can't I can't handle. Like I can't handle dealing with. <laughs> it's like please tell me if this is okay. Uh, yeah. Hugh's been nice so far, but I think he's gonna really fuck me over. He's <laughs> just gonna start just rip it apart. Yeah. Oh my god. Everybody else loves this. I book. don't know what his problem he's just, is. He's been buttering me up for like a yeah, year. Just to, that would be. I, I mean, I don't know what it would be for, but that would be some really good revenge. It's right. Like I'm not be, nearly yeah. as evil. It's, it's as pre revenge. Right? It's, it's when you get revenge for something that hasn't happened yet. Ah, it's, it's, it's actually called prevenge. Pre-venge? Yeah, I've been prevenging. Yeah, very good. I prevenge so much. Prevenger. <laughs> Just in case you you mess with me long term, I get ready and I get a prevenge oh, going. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's when people are like I don't like you. Why? I don't know. He just was a real jerk to me. Oh, do you think he prevenged you? Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So that's that's good times mm. right there. I like the idea of a book club here. Um, What's I like that? the idea of a book club. Yeah, I, you know. He's already off the idea. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's, it was it's, his idea. It's not that. It's not that. It, I, I love the idea. I, I love the idea, but I really want Natalie to be there. Like, I don't want right. to do a book club thing where Natalie isn't involved. It should be like, it should you know, be, you like. Should... Natalie has to sit at a table. Sorry, Natalie. I know you're still here. We're no, not talking fine. about you've got, <laughs> you've got like you've got copies of your books up. It's like a uh, it's like a signing and and reading of your book, but virtually. It's like a digit. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to get yeah. one of those like uh, like uh, like long pens. You know the thing that Margaret yeah. Atwood has, so she can have so like every it would have to be uh, everybody could take a turn and like have the long pen. And I could sign from like afar and then vanish in like a puff of bats. <laughs> and then the book club could take place Buffalo in my absence. Packs, that's, yep, I like it. I like it. That's how that's gonna work. I I've been su- I've been very excited to discover. Like I have all these options when it comes to um, my um, particular. Uh, hold on. Oh, oh. Yeah, so I can Ooh. just add stuff to this. So I'm like, let's all do stuff like this. Where here's a comic book. Oh no, that didn't work. That, Sorry. That's just you, the darkness. You just vanished. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh very right? nice. Yeah. So we'll, we'll like get it. that. Your puff of bats can happen. Yeah, oh, hold exactly. On. The Earthquake. special effects. Whoa. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Does anybody else feel this in Toronto? Oh, my God. Shake Sorry. the cam. Oh, God. I added two. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> it's, not, it's, not as, it's not as silly as you think. <laughs> 100% as silly as you think. <laughs> um, what was the other... There was one other thing that that I'd asked you initially, and, and, and I'd said, oh, we'll, we'll probably ask that again. Well, the other thing was... Oh, um, Do you remember? Yeah, the, uh, that um, in terms of, like, developments that have happened with the book since, since yes. we last spoke. Exactly uh, right, exactly right. It was right. chosen... Um, uh, internally by HarperCollins to be the fall lead read, which is oh, so a cool. really big deal. <laughs> and again, which is just like a huge vote of confidence in me by my publisher, um, who have, by the way, been like extraordinary the whole time. Like I have been blessed with uh, an a wonderful editor and, and an extraordinary editorial team and um, and everybody has just has just been like a complete joy to work with um, and uh, and so this is this was like a really wonderful piece of um, like additional reassurance that like they actually like really like and and believe in this book and think that like mm-hmm. a lot of other people will in in fact enjoy and want to read it um you know also like i have to uh i have to give you know it it also means that like a lot of people got together in a in a boardroom somewhere to discuss like okay 
which what, what book? book are we going to pick to be our fall lead we, lead read and it's like well what about this weird hench people book uh that talks about like eating ass on the third page that seems like a winner to me let's let's but just if put you don't that add that in the third page of a world, book you know like, like, collins are like yeah no, let's float sorry. that out there so yeah it's it's You're really doing the flipping the pages like i haven't seen any eating ass anywhere no, anywhere uh not a single mention so it's just a really wonderful like um like bit of support uh, not bit of support it's like it's a huge amount of support from them so uh that's I'm, amazing that's that's been extraordinary and it's it's been really um again like every kind of little piece of evidence that i get that like there may in fact be people who enjoy reading this book who, who think it might be a fun time and an enjoyable thing um is you know is it's its own so wonderful excited extraordinary this thing book. oh i'm so excited to read this book i i don't even want to get into it like it's yeah it's i've been excited about the the book since you tweeted about saying oh my god i'm gonna write a book <laughs> <laughs> i'm writing this book is weird yeah it's uh yeah it's a very long time uh, and it turns out writing things takes quite a while um and often you have to do it again after you did it like that that you write a draft and then you just write the whole thing again Sometimes, right. several times, it's just a wild thing that happens. The editorial process, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm increasingly like feeling like, oh, this might be, uh, like a the, it being out in the world is like a really a thing to look forward to, not just because like it will finally have happened, um, but also because like it it might be something that people really like. Did I ask you this last time, and, and and I apologize if I did. Are you writing another? Are you writing another book? Like you writing uh, a, always, another, like, like usually. Um, there's a bunch of books. This, yeah, there's in a lot. There's always a lot of stuff happening there. I'm I'm definitely still. Um, you know, I, I have no sort of like immediate uh, or certain path forward, but uh, I'm I've been exploring some uh, new stories set in the same universe um, to sort of awesome. like because I think there's a lot more work to be done there, and and you know the that there's a lot of um, either continuing uh, stories that I could tell or new stories that I could tell. So uh, I've I've certainly been poking away at some stuff like that. That's super cool. Okay, listen, we are, I would think we're we're at the limit. We're at the 10 o'clock time, and I think we've covered a bunch of stuff. Stefan, do you have anything you would like to squeeze in to the end Honestly, of this? Honestly, just, I'm, I just want to echo the sentiment that I'm super excited to read this book. Uh, and, and I want to say again, Natalie, congrats. Thanks Thank so much for being so on much. the show. Uh, thanks for introducing us to your cats. <laughs> Only a couple of them. I have. I live in a house with five cats. Wow, five cats. It's too many. Wait, cats. did the did the did the cats come on while I was like searching for yeah, there's a, SD card? Yeah, yeah. There was a, several of them made an appearance, but uh, yeah, that's what happens when like I had two oh, and my partner okay. has three, and then it, like Brady bunched into this house with all these cats. Yeah, that's a lot of litter. It's all, a we lot have litter. we have robots. I'm not kidding. Like we have we have two litter, litter robots that change themselves. It is the most amazing thing in the entire world. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a, a huge, good thing huge to quality do. of life <laughs> improvement. <laughs> Get a robot to do it. Let me, I'm going to throw that, I'm going to throw that hench uh, still back up. Oh, great. I, I, I think it's just, there it this is. is it. Holy do crap. You, I wrote uh, a book. Do you have, do you have anything you'd like to add unsolicited? Or this would be a solicitation for you to add it, but <laughs> for, to add it, um, um, no other. Is there other anything you like, like to add uh, before we? Yeah, <laughs> before we end. Uh, no, just um, that. Uh, <laughs> thank you both so much for having me back. This has been uh, a remarkable amount of fun, um, and just that, yeah, the you, the book is available for pre-order now. Um, that it uh, it um, is. You know, there there are lots of different ways that you can do that. Um, it's it's yep. going to come out September twenty second of this year. 
which is actually quite soon, it turns out. Uh, it feels sooner than Time ceased to have any meaning, that's for sure. Um, also, there's going to be, uh, it looks like, both a large print and an audio book, if that's, uh, and it will also have a, a release on Kindle. So there are lots of different um, options and lots of different accessibility options, um, which I'm very happy about. Awesome. So uh, there awesome. are many, many different formats. Another cat has appeared. Uh, many different formats uh, to choose from so whatever <laughs> whatever ends up working for you but yeah that's that's it please please buy oh, it there's a tale <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah no we're 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 all over it i i'm it when we buy your book physically mm -hmm. can we can it be signed can i get it absolutely signed? that's can. what i would yes that's all i ever care about is 100%. to make sure there's somebody going hugh jesus don't ever say that again <laughs> love no of course you can natalie zed <laughs> Awesome. So I got nothing else. Stefan? I'm good. Okay, great. Thanks Thank again, you again so much, you guys. So it's great. Been great. Have a great night. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content is copyright Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grampart. Intro voice is Jeff Wright. Intro and outro music track is Friends of Father from the 2008 album Bone Music by Adversary. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at cantselldispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at cantselldispodcast.com. Thanks for listening.